0: Before we get started, I just wanted to let you know that yes, my new book, 131 Method, is available on pre-sale. You can find it on Amazon. And when you do, be sure to save your order number and stay tuned. In fact, I would love for you to sign up for the newsletter at 131method.com because we want to let you know where it is. You can enter your order number We've got some really cool things planned for you guys. And I just wanted you guys to be the first to know, like I love my podcast listeners. You guys are the bomb.com. And I can't thank you enough for those, I can't even believe how many of you found the link before I even knew it was available on Amazon. So yes, it's available now. You don't get charged until the book releases, which is going to be in April of this year. But just thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for being on this journey with me and for supporting me and getting a copy of this book because I truly believe this is going to change the legacy of health for you and your family. Hey there, welcome to this edition of The Chalene Show. Today's topic, how to go from failure to fabulous. Welcome to The Chalene Show. Chalene is a New York Times best-selling author, celebrity fitness trainer, and obsessed with helping you live your dream life. I started teaching fitness classes when I was, I think, 17 or 18 years old at a little gym in Grand Rapids, Michigan. It was an all women's studio. I had no clue what I was doing. I had no formal training other than the fact I had been taking my mom's jazzercise classes and I loved music. I worked in a record store. I'm really gonna date myself right now but I owned at the time every 45, every CD that they made. And so I had this huge collection of music. I loved music, I loved dance. I was learning to love exercise and I put together a little routine to some music, (laughs) brought in a record player and started teaching at this little gym around the corner from my home while I was in high school. Now, before I started doing that, I was teaching just to my girlfriends in my basement. We didn't have mirrors, so we used the reflection of our like, I guess you would call it sliding glass door as the mirror. And that was my training ground. Then I started teaching at this women's gym and, you know, it was pretty bad. But eventually I became decent, like decent enough that people were coming to take my class. When eventually I went to Michigan State University, I wanted to teach there as well. I mean, like fitness for me was pretty early on, it was a love, but it was also what I felt like I needed to do so that I didn't have to diet, So it was really important to me. And I loved it. I really, really loved it. So I started teaching at the university at the rec center. I think that's what we call it, the IM. And then eventually I got hired at a little powerhouse gym in East Lansing, Michigan. And, and my classes were quite popular. I got to tell you, I was pretty popular at that little gym. Back then we were wearing thong leotards, bike tights, Reeboks with straps. And scrunch socks. Like, in fact, if you were really cutting edge, you wore like white bike shorts, and then like a pink thong leotard, and then you wore white scrunch socks with pink scrunch socks underneath them. Do you see like how this is all color coded? And then you wore like a pink scrunchie in your hair, and you really thought you were the cat's meow. Anyways, so when Brett and I eventually graduated from Michigan State. I was so excited to move to California because like that's where all the cool fitness stuff was happening. Like the people I was watching on TV back then, ESPN, they had this like morning fitness show, which I think was more for the dudes than it was for the ladies. But there wasn't the Internet the way it is today. So everything that you saw in terms of fitness was like on TV. It was infomercials and it was morning exercise programs. That's why I saw Denise Austin for the first time. And I knew that's where all the famous fitness people were, was in California. And even though I wasn't planning on doing anything like full-time in fitness, I was planning on going to law school and continue working as a paralegal. I did want to teach part-time. So I was pretty excited about moving there and, you know, getting to work side-by-side, shoulder-to-shoulder with some of these really famous fitness individuals. Well, those people are in California for sure, but they were in Hollywood. And we moved to Orange County, California. Nonetheless, the level of fitness in Orange County was pretty dang superior, far superior to what I was used to in East Lansing, Michigan. Nonetheless, I was you know, pretty confident because I had this great experience in Michigan. So the first thing I did was called up all the local gyms, all the big gyms where I wanted to teach and tried to schedule auditions. Well, first of all, it was really difficult to get auditions because there's a lot of people teaching. So it's supply and demand and there was a lot of supply and there's a lot of demand too, but there's a lot of supply. So I finally got a couple of auditions and I'll never forget my first audition. I walked in and I had a cassette tape. Don't roll your eyes. I had a cassette tape. It gets worse. Of Music I had recorded off the radio. Mm-hmm. And then I came in and I popped my little cassette tape in and I was so excited in my thong, in my bike shorts to show her my routine. And like just moments into the routine, the woman that I was auditioning for stopped me and she said, oh, now, didn't you say you had experience teaching? And I was like, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been teaching for many years, <laughs> many years. I think probably at that point, it may been, five years, maybe four years. Yeah, probably five years on and off. And she's like, I mean, there was no hiding it. She was appalled. (laughs) She was like disgusted. Basically I could tell. And I was like, in shock. Have you ever seen those American Idol auditions where you can tell that the person auditioning has no freaking clue how bad they are? Well, that was me. I just didn't know. I'm good at reading people and I've got, you know, self-awareness enough so that I could look at her and, and I realized like in a moment's notice that I knew that this wasn't just like her interpretation of what I was doing like I knew I must be bad. I must be really really bad. So I went home and she gave me some feedback. She was like, you know, you're first of all, you're way off the beat. You're so off the beat. Secondly, your movement is sloppy thirdly, you're not on the downbeat. You've got to put together a routine that's balanced on left and right. And I was like, I just took all these notes. I'm like, oh, okay. These these are all things I can fix. So I went home and I worked on it and I auditioned again for another gym and had basically the same response. And then I auditioned for yet another gym and another gym. And I just kept doing this, at which point I finally realized like, "Ah, I don't think I can get better on my own. But yet I had this belief That it could get better. And today, because we're talking about how to go from failure to fabulous, I just wanna be upfront and say, you know, like, I don't really know how else to describe it other than failure, but in my mind, I don't think it's possible to fail unless you completely quit and you shouldn't quit. Like, quitting itself isn't a failure unless you shouldn't quit. If you should keep trying because you have passion for it or it has potential, then don't quit. Now, if you just realize, like, oh, this is silly, it's not gonna happen, I'm wasting energy in my life and there's better things I could be doing, well then, yeah, then quit. And that's not a failure. That's a wise decision. I just knew that I could get this. I just felt like, you know, I just have to try harder and I have to find the right people to teach me how to do this. Luckily, the next audition that I went to was at a family fitness, which is now called 24-hour fitness, but it was family fitness back then. And I auditioned for two lovely ladies who were just exceptional and professional. And, you know, it was an audition with a bunch of women, a couple of guys too in the room, and we were all auditioning. I think it was step aerobics that we were auditioning to become instructors for family fitness. And at the end, they announced all the people who had, you know, quote unquote, made it and were gonna be instructors. And then they kind of called a group back and said, all right, those of you who we've called back, We think you've got some potential and we'd like to invest some time training you and i forget what the training was called but it was free i just had to get over my ego the fact that i wasn't going to be an instructor unless i started from the bottom again like i really needed to hone my skills so i signed up for that training and i was eager to prove myself and i was eager to learn whatever it was i needed to learn to be fabulous. I wanted to feel that high again. That's what I felt when I was teaching classes and I wanted that high again. I was craving the way I knew it could make people feel because I could feel that when I was in someone's class and just, it's this moment. If you've ever had that incredible workout and it's completely, it's like off the charts when it's in person. Now, maybe you've done a workout on DVD and felt that, but let me just tell you, it's like that times a hundred when it's in the right environment in the right group and it's live and you're pushing yourself and the people next to you are pushing themselves and the instructor it's just magical and I knew what that felt like to be a student and I had a little taste of what that felt like to give that gift to other people as an instructor and I wanted it back so eventually I went through that training and eventually I got hired it wasn't like I was an all-star I still had a lot of work to do, but I made myself a student. I took the classes of the people who were the top instructors. I studied not just what they did when they were teaching, but I studied the way they interacted with people and how they talked to their students before class and after class and how they knew their names and how they paid attention to the back row and how they made people feel. And I really paid attention to that. I can still picture the names and the faces of the people who were my mentors, the people that I idolized, you know, In my mind, they were like demigods. They were just so talented. It was, it's a pretty hard thing to do. I don't know if you've ever tried to tell people what to do on the beat with music and stay motivated and remember your choreography and know what way you're going and do everything in reverse because you have to face your class. And so when you're pointing to tell people to go to the right, you're actually pointing to your left. It's not the easiest thing in the world. But eventually, I did get hired and eventually I was teaching a lot of classes And eventually I was developing my own classes, which eventually turned into a format I developed called Turbo Kick, which eventually got into health clubs in 60 different countries around the globe and eventually turned into an infomercial and eventually a certification program. And eventually we sold those businesses to powerhouse fitness giant Beachbody. So I think that's a pretty good example, if I do say myself, of being, I guess you could say a failure or having had some failed experiments, if you will, into a pretty fabulous experience. But I'm not the only one. I mean, the stories of people who've gone from a failed experiment to fabulous are many. As I'd like to quote Oprah Winfrey, she says, there's no such thing as failure. Failure is just life trying to move us in another direction. And Oprah is a classic example of someone who was able to turn the tables and overcome just extraordinary challenges in her life. And I don't think she would frame them as failures either. I think that she would tell you the fact that she was fired from her show at a local Baltimore TV station and then moved on to do daytime TV. That was might've been a failed experiment in Baltimore, but wow, did that turn out fabulous. Michael Jordan says, I can accept failure? Everyone fails at something, but I can't accept not trying. Freaking love that quote. You may know that the NBA superstar, Michael Jordan, was actually cut from the varsity basketball team. Isn't that crazy? What did he do? He took it upon himself to train harder, to push himself, to learn what it was he needed because he too felt that little something inside of him that said, you know, I might not be great, but I know I have the potential to be great. Steve Jobs said, I didn't see it then, but it turned out that getting fired from Apple was the best thing that could have ever happened to me. The heaviness of being successful was replaced by the lightness of being a beginner again. I was less sure about everything and it freed me to enter one of the most creative Periods of my life. That's Steve Jobs. So again, maybe a failed experiment. Maybe it was, again, the universe saying, We have something else in store for you. J.K. Rowling, the author of the Harry Potter series, says, It's impossible to live without failing at something unless you live so cautiously that you might as well not have lived at all, in which case you fail by default, which is so true. I mean, you can't be afraid to have a failed experiment. I'd like to remind you that the quicker you fail and the more often you fail, the faster you will arrive at being fabulous because the only way you can self-correct is by figuring out what you did wrong. I mean, I could fill up hours and hours of time here with you telling you about some of the most horrific failures or failed experiments or whatever it is you want to call them getting to a place that eventually felt pretty fabulous. I mean, some of them are hysterical. Here's the deal. I'm not afraid to fail because the sooner I fail, the quicker I can sit down and make some notes on what I've done wrong, what I need to improve. And for me, that's ex- it's exciting to grow. A fixed mindset, like worrying about failure, just, it holds you hostage. It's no fun. Make mistakes, make mistakes, but then, Make some notes and figure out what you need to do to improve and how it is you want to change. What do you need to do better? What skills do you need to learn? What people do you need to surround yourself with? What excuses do you need to stop making? Because you really have to be open to the feedback. You have to be willing to grow and growth is painful. Growth means accepting responsibility. It means saying, yeah, I, I blew it. I take Full responsibility. I could have done this and this and this differently, which is not an excuse. It's identifying the places where you misstepped. It's looking at what you did that you need to do better. That's not excuse making. That's taking inventory of what you plan to do better. And as I said earlier, to quit is not to fail, not to try is to fail. But sometimes, You're making the right decision to quit something because you need to try something else. It is the universe telling you there's another door opening. This is a new season with new opportunities. Don't be afraid of them. Don't be afraid of growth. Don't be afraid of failure. Fabulous is right around the corner from you. And the quicker you get comfortable with failing and taking inventory, the faster you'll be able to enjoy success and celebrate it too. I hope you enjoyed this edition of The Chalene Show. Please be sure to reach out to me. You know how to. Of course, I'm Chalene Johnson on Instagram. I love it when you send me a DM. You know I love hearing specifically what resonated with you from the episode. Of course, I love it too when you share the episode. So anyways, I just want to tell you how much I appreciate you. Thank you for spending this time with me. And if there's ever a topic that I haven't covered yet that you'd like me to cover, well, let me know. You know how to reach me. I'm Shaleen Johnson, everywhere on the socials. And of course on Snapchat, I'm Shaleen official. This episode has been brought to you by the Smart Life Push Journal. If you're the type of individual who loves to make lists, keep yourself on task, get organized, and there just don't seem to be enough hours in the day. This is a convenient, lightweight, simple to use 30 day system. This is not just a day planner. And learn how you can get your health, fitness, life, and goals organized and develop the laser focus you need to have the life that you deserve. Check it out. Go to smartlifepushjournal.com.